Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and read. Check this out. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. Talking about the Red Angels of NY City. Shot the shot. Considered the greatest counterculture group of all time, The Clash. Even Lou has to acknowledge what an achievement to have had a song dedicated to the Guardian Angels. Circa 1982, it was on the album Combat Rock, Red Angel Dragnet, a song by The Clash. In honor of the work of the Guardian Angels, we were three years in existence. We were going in and out of Tompkins Square Park. I lived right on the corner of Avenue A and St. Mark's Place. And they would see us going up and down St. Mark's Place and then into the alphabet jungle, Avenues A, B, C, and D, which was Dope Fiend City. You had people waiting up for the P-Dope Man to show up, long lines. They were there to shoot up heroin. And then you had the bass heads. These were guys and gals with free bass cocaine. Very dangerous. A number of people turned themselves into uh, human torches in doing so. But you had bass heads galore that would be staring vapidly out of empty windows and abandoned uh, buildings in the Lower East Side. It was zombies in Dawn of the Dead. It was as bad as it could get. And unbeknownst to me, the uh, Clash would actually sit at some of those cafes and bistros, and they would see us walking back and forth on patrol, and they were inspired to write the song Red Angel Dragnet, that's about us, and uh, released in 1982 on their all-time great album, Combat Rock. Okay, uh... Enough, because some of our listeners, right, they're not into the counterculture music. Certainly not at WABC. But an outstanding group. Nobody ever questions the credentials of the Clash. There is a brand new generation on the far, far left. If you play that music, they say, oh, my God, that's the Clash. You know, the granddaddies of counterculture rock. And they truly were in so many ways. So we were honored to have a record dedicated to us. But it goes hand in hand to what has been happening in Tompkins Square Park, which is right opposite from where I live for quite some time, second floor, 131 Avenue 8. You know, recently I've assigned guardian angels to the early morning hours to raise luncheon at and candy store. He's open 24 hours. Ray is 96 years old. 96 years old, and he continues to work. And remember, a few months ago, uh, in January, he was savagely beaten down to the ground. They almost broke his um, 
His eye sockets, his nose, he was black and blue. He continued to work the midnight shift because he owns the candy store and the luncheonette. And uh, there was no help from the ninth Precinct. There weren't enough cops. And the community appealed to me and said, hey, you used to live here, Curtis. You guys and gals used to patrol here, please, if nothing more, for Ray. Because I said, hey, you got all these hipsters and millennials, these young men and women here. They're from Iowa, where there are more pigs than people. They're from Idaho, where there are more potatoes than people. They have enough strength, enough vitality, they could go out and set up like a block watch, community watch. No, no, that's fascist. We don't do that. I mean, we're talking ultra-liberal, socialist, DSA, followers of AOC, all out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, <laughs> leader of the socialists of America. They're all lockstep in line. But they all love Ray. How could you not love Ray? Go by Ray today. You see him at the candy store, the luncheonette. You say, hey, have the guardian angels been protecting you? Yeah, well, we, we try to be there most mornings because that's when he's most vulnerable, two to three to four in the morning, where you have all the emotionally disturbed people roaming about, the homeless people roaming about, some of them rummaging for cans and other items, some of them just robbing people. And it's, it's like a scene out of... Uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. So we got a lockdown and taking care of Ray. Problem is Tompkins Square Park. You probably saw the video. Our news director, Noam Layden, has already focused on it and reported what Scooter, who does such a great job with her team at Freedom News TV. You got to check it out, Freedom News TV. You see what looks like a African-American woman with a red schmanta on her head. Just actually going all out psycho in the park on a sunny, beautiful, gorgeous Sunday afternoon. Absolutely gorgeous. Right near the gazebo, people are sitting down on blankets. She's pulling women's hair, pulling them off the blanket. Men are surrounding her, these hipster white men. But she breaks right through them. They don't touch her. They don't get involved. They just watch her. She goes on to trying to grab a seven-month-old baby out of her mother's hands. The mother protects her. She keeps moving on. She's throwing garbage all over the place. She takes a newspaper out of an older senior citizen's hand, rips it up. She pushes another woman. She's tossing garbage. What does that sound like, right? Remember what that sounds like? Jordan Neely on the Broadway Lafayette F train. Remember when he came in throwing garbage, cursing at people, threatening them? This is part of schizophrenia. I deal with it all the time. I dealt it with it in Tompkins Square Park long before there was Eric Adams or Comrade de Blasio or even Rudy. When David Dinkins was mayor and they were having uh, riots there in Tompkins Square Park, the vestiges of the yipsters and all the emotionally disturbed people. So I understand it, it came so far back from so far in the abyss, and now it slid back into the abyss. And then finally, she's on a side street on St. Mark's. She's tossing over tables. She's attacking uh, those who are sitting there having a, a cup of uh, a latte. And finally, the cops from the ninth Precinct arrive a few blocks away. It took them 15 minutes to get there. All in all, she assaulted seven different people. They arrested her. You see it all on this Freedom News TV video piece by Scooter. Great job. And now, when uh, James Flippin called DCPI, which is the police department's public information bureau, 
They don't even have a record of this woman who I believe is a transgender. I'm not completely sure. I've seen this person around before. I believe that she is a he who's a transgender. But anyway, put that aside. I'm digressing now. Taken to Bellevue for psychiatric observation. No paperwork that she was ever arrested. She was handcuffed. She had assaulted seven people. She tried to snatch up a seven-month-old lady. And none of the men intervened. Now, why? Because there is a move afoot by Michael Generis, this scoundrel, this fiend, this state senator from Astoria, who used to be a moderate Democrat, raised under the Peter Valone senior banner, and then broke ranks when he saw that AOC all out crazy and the socialists were taking over. He's an attorney. He's a deputy majority leader now. He's been in office for 12 years. He pushed no cash bail. He's proud, proud Harvard Law School graduate. And he now has a bill that's been passed to ban citizens' arrest. So that if you do what Penny, the Marine, did in holding down Neely, you get arrested simply for that, a citizen's arrest. I have conducted dozens and dozens of citizens' arrests as leader of the Guardian Angels, as Guardian Angels have here and all over the world. That's one of the things we do. And he has created a law that would ban that. So in the wee hours of the morning, after I had finished my marathon broadcasting here at WABC, Frank Morano from the other side of midnight chose this topic as his first topic for consideration. He can be heard 1 to 5 Monday through Fridays. Another statute governs the authority of a private person to make an arrest in New York, and it is something that is, I think, rarely used. I mean, I think Curtis Lee, with his guardian angels, they've made a lot of citizens' arrest over the years. Now, he mentions this, and I'm right there. I'm in the newsroom. I'm considered the world's number one vigilante. They have done a documentary on me. I have debated the rights of conducting citizens' arrests at John Jay, criminal, uh, the amongst criminologists, because that's the school that produces police officers and criminologists. I have debated it in Chicago and Los Angeles because it is the first tenant that makes the guardian angels so different. So this is so typical of Frank Morano, omnipotent, pretentious. I'm right there in the room. He could have called me in. I could have fully explained it, the pros and the cons. And then Frank Morano just keeps musing on, as he typically does, a self-appointed expert on everything, except he's an expert on nothing. Except shooting craps at the Borgata at Atlantic City and eating cheese, as he did during National Cheese Day, which was on Sunday. You see the frustration I have, ladies and gentlemen? So this is the offer I make to State Senator Michael Generis. I will debate you. Anytime, place, anywhere, I am a high school dropout. You are a Harvard Law School graduate, and you are the minority leader of the Democrats, the deputy, uh, excuse me, the demi, de, deputy majority leader of the Democrats that have a stranglehold on the state Senate. Anywhere, anytime, anyplace, let's do it, State Senator Michael Generis. You want to ban citizens' arrests? I'll take you on like I have all the others and eviscerate you as I did on Fred Friendly seminars on PBS Channel 13 for years. Let's get it on. Do you dare? Talking about- 
This is the Riffin' Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Ted Mack and the original Amateur Hour. Exposition Building in the city of Miami, Florida. And here he is, Ted Mack. Florida. I guess maybe I should say moonlit Florida. Right now, there's a big, beautiful moon lighting up the ocean. The temperature is just right for a summer vacation, in my estimation. This week, we're originating from the great Dinner Key Exposition Building here in the city of Miami. I'll have lots to say about that a little later on in the show. I mustn't forget to tell you this, though. Right after the amateur hour tonight, we're presenting another half hour of our graduates. We did one of these shows last week, and uh, we tried to answer the question that frequently comes up, what becomes of the amateurs after they graduate from the amateur hour? The response made us very, very happy, I can tell you. Telephone calls and telegrams and an avalanche of letters uh, asking for more graduates. So right after the regular amateur hour, you keep your dial tuned right where it is, and we'll some, see some fine stars of today who got their first chance right here at this microphone. That was so true. Ted Mack's original Amateur Hour, for a period of time, was the most watched program on American television, which was new. We're talking in the 50s. In fact, that particular piece at the uh, Miami Auditorium, Miami Beach, was packed. Thousands and thousands of snowbirds who had moved down there because in the late 50s, there was the migration of Florida, particularly Miami Beach, Miami, you know, you had Jackie Gleason and Art Carney and the June Taylor dancers doing their variety show on Saturday. And at the end of it, they would say, come on down to Miami Beach. And so many of our relatives did. That was 1957. And uh, the people who participated, right? Screwy Louis Farrakhan of the Nation of Islam. He hadn't joined the Nation of Islam yet. He was just called Calypso Louis and sang Calypso. He was from Boston. Pat Boone. Got his start there. Irene Cara, that's right, Lou. What a feeling from Flashdance. Robert Merrill used to sing the Star Spangled Banner at Yankee Stadium for George Steinbrenner Sr., Patty Lupone, Connie Francis, Bobby Rydell, Frida Payne, and a band of gold, and more. We could spend like a half hour talking about all those stars and starlets those singers who made their bones on the Ted Mack original Amateur Hour. So American Idol is not new. It's just a recycled version of Ted Mack's original Amateur Hour. So that was 1957, the flight to Florida. 66 years later, the flight to Florida has renewed its nonstop. So I am assuming the mantle of Ted Mack. I am hosting the Curtis Sliwa Amateur Hour of hosts and hostess this year at WABC who have taken too literally what John and Margot Katsimatidis and Chad Lopez won here on the weekends, which is entertainment 
not politics. And we have a great entertainment lineup. There's Cousin Vinny Madunio, and he's the protege of Cousin Brucey, the greatest DJ of all time. You have Tony Orlando without Dawn. You have Jersey Joe, right, uh, doing uh, the Sinatra two-hour extravaganza. It's now nationally syndicated um, for Ramsey Monster. I mean, it's great entertainment radio. So now everybody's auditioning. They're doing talk radio and they're singing. So I'm asking Noam Layden, our news director, to please be a judge here on the brand new Curtis Sliwa Amateur Hour of host and hostesses here at WABC who are auditioning as we speak for John and Margot Katzmatidis and Chad Lopez to have a gig of their own on the entertainment weekend. Uh, are you up for it, Noam? I, I can't wait. I'm an impartial judge. I will give you who I think is the best singer. Well, I don't know about your impartiality, but me, I'd have to recuse myself on most of these folks because I hate them. So <laughs> let's go first to Frank Morano, the other side of midnight that you can hear Monday through Fridays from 1 to 5. And on occasion, he breaks out in song. I wish I were an Oscar Mayer Frank. That is what I truly like to be. For if I were an Oscar Mayer Frank, everyone would be in love with me. Oh, I'd be so savory and oh, so fine. With a flavor that's truly divine. I'd be juicy, plump, and oh, so grand. The tastiest Frank in all the land. Oh, I'm glad I'm an Oscar Mayer Frank. That's what I'd really love to be. Because if I were an Oscar Mayer Frank, everyone would be in love with me. Now... Mud on my, the guy just wouldn't stop. But I don't want to prejudice your decision, Noam Lady. I, I, he gets points for knowing the entire Oscar Mayer song. That's it. Well, I think he did okay. I want to hear the other singers. I want to judge them against oh, okay. the other people. Oh, no, no, that's fair because yeah. I've heard them all too much. Yeah, I haven't heard any. I've so. wanted a projectile vomit, but I've <laughs> held it in. Up next, Dominic Carter who uh, is on Monday through Fridays from 12 midnight to 1. He precedes Frank Morano. And I guess because he figures he's black, he figures he's got a set of pipes and he can carry a tune. And we are back. Dominic Carter with you. Leave the music up, please. I love this song. I think it goes back to my college days. But I, I, can't, I can't go for that. Just bear with me one second, folks. Anything that you want me to do, yeah. 12.40 a.m. That you want me to do, but I can't go for that. Oh, God. Uh, no, uh, let's try to be serious here. Yes. Um, I, you know, he was okay. He's no D Daryl Hall or John Oates, but he was all right. You know, he truly is like a white guy. He can't carry a tune, you know. He probably can't jump, can't play basketball, can't dance. But that was horrible. I'm I, sorry. Yeah, his voice is so deep, I was hoping it would be like another Barry White, but no. Oh, that's not. coming up. Wait, that's coming up. But before we get to the guy who thinks of himself as Barry White, our own Bo Snurdly, uh... Let's go to Dominic, who just last night in a segue, I'm doing animal welfare with my wife, Nancy. We're talking about rescuing dogs and cats. 
And what did Dominic try to do? Lure me into the Venus fly trap of singing on WABC. Can you sing for us, please? No. No, please? no that's not can what I'm here for. Can you rap? Uh, I can sing because you, you, I was a choir boy. You, you hang out with the brothers. Let's hear your rap. No, no, no. One, that's, two, one, two. That's Brother not what we're Curtis here for. Sliwa. That's not what we're here In for. In the house to be. Oh, God. Party people, you know me. <laughs> No. You weren't going to go for it, eh? These people have lost their mind. <laughs> we're talk radio. What, 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 they all want to be singers, and they try to lure others into the Venus flytrap. What, what say you about me refusing to cross that Maginot line, even though I'm probably the only person who has sung before? I was in the choir, a choir boy at St. Matthew's Elementary School, a Josephite nuns. I wouldn't be an altar boy, wear black, because, you know, I wasn't going back there with the priest. So I stayed with the nuns, uh, you know, up there with the uh, pipe organ and sang in church in the red vestments. Was I right for refusing to get engaged in this ridiculous attempt of some of our hosts and hostesses to be singers. I, I see. I imagine you have the voice of an angel because you're a guardian angel. So, but uh, you don't want to let us hear it. I'd love to hear you belt it out a tune or two. How about in the shower stall, right? That's where everybody should be singing because they're horrible. And then I can't believe it. I'm listening yesterday, Sunday. As you know, Rudy is on. From 10 to 11, right after John Katzmatidis, uh, has all of his, uh, newsmakers on from 8 to 10. And he's on with Dr. Maria. And something possessed them to all of a sudden audition as if they were Donnie and Marie Osmond. Here's first Rudy trying to be Frank Sinatra. I traveled each and every highway <laughs> and more. Much more, more than, than this. this. Yeah. I did it my way. Oh my God. Oh, God. <laughs> Boy, as good as a mayor as he was, he's a terrible singer. Horrible. Oh my God. Horrible. <laughs> this was not this was on the air? This was on the air. This was on the show. <laughs> you know, Sundays he does the special show, he and Dr. Maria. Uh, they both are, you know, it's like uh, Marie and Donny Osmond. They're pretty much the same age now, although they haven't had the facelifts that Marie and Donny Osmond <laughs> have had. Well, that was horrible. And then, as if that wasn't bad enough, here's Dr. Marie Orion. Oh, come on. <laughs> singing Humpty Dumpty. Oh, come on. Had a great fall. <laughs> Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men. Couldn't we have together, together again? <laughs> God. Oh, this is great. Oh, well, you haven't you haven't given your assessment. You want to withhold your assessment to the very end? Maybe I'll give like a top five worst to, to best. Yes, do you want yes. me to do that? Okay, we'll do okay. that because we have one more. And this guy every day from four to five, Monday through Fridays, and then his three-hour, super spectacular Saturday morning show from 7 and 10, which follows me because I take you to the break of dawn. I take you from 12 midnight to 6. And then, unfortunately, it's the best of sit in between. But here is Jake, excuse me, here is James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, trying to be Barry White. He tries to be it every day. You would think this was the quiet storm with Vaughn Harper, God rest his soul, of the old WBLS. 
and Frankie Crocker who had the pipes. Listen to this guy. What are you crying for? Because I'm such a cornball. No, because I'm a cornball. No, it's Barry on WABC. Nothing is going to go wrong. We feel inside of us that everything we have is only here for today. But it's actually here next Tuesday on Election Day. Are you kidding me? That certain, thing that, that certain thing that makes them want to just, just keep it. get rid of just keep it that way. the people that have been causing so many problems in America. I don't want you to feel you have to go through these changes, baby. We don't have to go through these changes. We can no do something about it. No way. No way. You having a good time, Joe? <laughs> I am very white. And he goes on and on every day. Uh, oh and, you know, God. women, they, they, they come by, they mail him their panties. Right. Because they're all excited. <laughs> they haven't been excited in years. But they hear James Golden, a.k.a. <laughs> Bo Snurdly, doing his Barry White imitation. He's I, pretty good. I, I, but still. Right. <laughs> do they not realize this is talk radio? <laughs> I, I realize. Yeah. Look, John and Margot. Uh, Matitis and, uh, our Campo di Tutti, president of Red Apple Media, has, has said, um, Chad Lopez, that they want entertainment on the weekends. They're all auditioning to have their own entertainment show where they're going to not only play stacks of wax, their favorite tunes. I get that. That would be interesting. But they want to be able to sing too. So, Nome Laden, you are Julius Caesar in the Coliseum. <laughs> okay. Thumbs up or thumbs down. Wait a second. Remember, pick or pan on the American bandstand. Remember? Or Don Cornelius, Ooh, train with the heat pick or pan a song. So it's up to you now, No. Okay. Uh, easily the worst was Dominic Carter. I mean, that was just completely. He is no John Hall. He is no Daryl Oates. He's not a black man because (laughs) he doesn't have a set of pipes. He can't carry a tune. The only reason Frank uh, Murata didn't come in last place is because he knew all the words to the Oscar Mayer song, but he is in fifth place. Oh, God, it was horrible, too. And it went on too long. Rudy is a huge opera fan, and uh, he loves to go to the opera. He loves to listen to music, but he's no Frank Sinatra. You know, he loves Pagliacci about the clown. He was a clown there. Yeah, he was. There's no doubt about it. I have to say, I was taken by Dr. Maria's Humpty Dumpty. I thought it was very good. But number one was I felt a little motion through my body mm. when I was listening to, with the headphones on, listening mm. to Bo. Mm. It felt a little bit like Barry White. He is the top draw at WABC. Did you have a little tinkle up your leg? I did. Oh, I, I'm not. I'm being honest. I, hey, I did. Look, the women they send in, but I kid you not. We see all the mail here because obviously we're the controversial talk show hosts. We have you got to scan the mail, you know, for gee, all kinds of things. 
Panties. Women send their panties out like he's Teddy Pendergast. Yeah. Remember, women would put te- throw teddy bears up on the stage and take their panties off in the audience and throw them up. You know what? I'm thinking about taking mine off right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, wait. It is Pride Month. Uh, yeah, you, right. You're right into the swing of things. <laughs> so, no, uh, you have assessed that James Golden, a.k.a. Bowl Snurley, who admits that he was Urkel in high school at Jackson High School in right. Southeast Queens. That he could not carry a tune. It has the best yes. set of pipes. Uh, easily, hands down. I mean, Dr. Maria actually very close second. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to listen to that again. It was very charming to listen to. Once is enough. <laughs> I wouldn't have my kids. You know, I'd rather have my kids, my three sons, listening to Drag Queen Reading Hour <laughs> than have to listen to Dr. Maria doing her rendition of Humpty Dumpty Took a Great Fall. Yeah, well, she, I thought she was great. Uh, well, Gnome Laden, uh, we had we saved the last. Oh, you kidding me? Wait, there's more? Yes. There's, <laughs> there on. was Sid and Justin right. earlier today. Now, you may have to recuse yourself. Why is that? Well, because the last time Sid had you fired at the old WABC. So you may uh, have your lips hermetically sealed on his tuchus. And this is after his voice hadn't even recovered yet. So sing, um, Key Largo. Goes like this. We had it all. We had it all. Just like Bogey and Bacall. Just like Bogey and Bacall. Starring in our own Late Late Show. Starring in our own Late Late Show. Selling away to Key Largo. Selling away to Key Largo. It's not terrible. Not terrible. No, well, both of you are about Jupiter away from the actual key. I said a pretty good regard with no voice. Like up there? Like That wasn't bad. Yeah. That wasn't bad. No. Yeah. Uh, I realize you might have to recuse yourself, but that was horrible. I, I think I need to reorder my list. Do you mind if I do that very quickly? Yes, please, very quickly. Very quickly. I got Dominic in last place, then Frank, then Rudy, then Dr. Maria, then Bo. In number one place, Sid Rosenberg. Oh, that's guaranteed job security. You know something, Gnome Laden? This time, I'm going into Chad Lopez's office and not advocating that he not fire you, which I did. I'm going to advocate, fire that man now. This is the Riffin' Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Breaking news, WABC. That's what I do on the Rip and Read Monday through Fridays from 12 to 1. And whereas Eric Adams' administration has reviewed 750 extra sites to house illegal aliens, they have completely vetted 500 of them. Get ready, Staten Island. I know you have 300 men in a closed school and 80 in a nearby hotel. But they have plans to house these illegals at the former large Catholic school, St. John Villa Academy, at 57 Cleveland Place, six acres. It was about 90 years old, already closed. The city purchased this site with multiple buildings under the former Staten Island Borough President, Republican conservative James Otto, but he has since switched teams He's worked for Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, and they've appointed him recently the buildings commissioner to replace the hopelessly in debt to the Bonanno crime family because he was a degenerate gambler, Eric Ulrich. So connect the dots, 
right? Connect the dots. He's the building's commissioner. He knows all about this site. It used to be owned by the sisters of John the Baptist. Remember it, the Catholic school that used to be open, St. John Villa Academy. It would require some rehab to house the illegals. But guess what? City Hall has said equity. They got to take their fair share. And you know who carried the water bucket for Eric Adams? Jimmy Otto, who might as well have his lips hermetically sealed on the mayor of the illegal aliens. Not our mayor, Eric Adams. I'll have more details for you tomorrow on this at 7.05 exclusively with Sid Rosenberg.